Community Podcast. I'm your host, Mikkel, and today we're talking about butterflies and passion. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the podcast today. Can I just say I adore you guys so much. Thank you for all of you who have taken the time to leave reviews and message me and um, just kind of share how this podcast has changed your lives. It really, really means a lot to me. And I've had the opportunity to get to coach a lot of you recently, and it's been super, super fun just to get to know you guys and hear your story and help you rewrite that story in a way that serves you and creates less anxiety for you. So today's listener shout out that I wanted to share with you all today is from Umbrella Marie, and she wrote... My anxiety was starting to get the worst of me. My brain wouldn't let me be happy. But when I discovered Mikkel's podcast, I listened to all the episodes. I feel like she is there coaching me through this and reading my mind. I feel like I've been saved by her. Thank you so much, Mikkel. Thank you so much for that review. That was really sweet of you. And I'm so glad that you kind of feel like you've been able to get a little mini coaching just through listening to this podcast. And of course, if you guys want more one-on-one support, don't be afraid to go reach out to me. You can go to my website, mikelkristin.com forward slash doubt. You'll be able to download a free video and sign up for for a consultation there. So one of the things that I have been talking to a lot of you about lately has been butterflies and passion and feeling in love. (laughs) A lot of us wanna use these feelings as a way to gauge whether or not our partner is right or if we're really in love is because we feel this intense passion for our partner and we have these butterflies and in our hearts racing and we just can't be without them for a second. (laughs) And it totally makes sense that a lot of us think this about romance. I actually recently have been reading Twilight. (laughs) Don't judge me. My sister-in-law highly, highly recommended it and I was wanting an easy read. And I've just been so fascinated reading about their relationship. And you know the whole vampire and werewolf thing is fantasy, but we don't think about the love part as fantasy. Like, the instant love at first sight and this just constant intense passion where she passes out when he kisses her and (laughs) like i think we kind of know it's a little far-fetched but i think there's a part of us that believes that's real like that's what love is it's someone who watches you while you sleep out your window (laughs) okay definitely not When you read it, you're like, okay, this is actually kind of creepy that she likes this. He's a little bit stalker-esque. But we consume stuff like this all the time. And that's also like the messages we get from people around us. I remember having a friend in high school who had this boy that was super cute and they were good friends and he liked her, but she was like, oh, I I don't like him. Like, yeah, he's cute and he's fun and all these things, but I just don't get the butterflies around him. And we use those butterflies as a way to gauge how we feel. And it's super fun, right? To have these butterflies and feel all excited and have your heart skip a beat. And so it's something a lot of us crave and want, 
But I want us to kind of take a step back and question if that's really how we should be gauging love. And also to kind of talk about, you know, if that is something you want, how it's something we actually cultivate. So one of my favorite stories about butterflies is actually by Lisa Bennett. And she wrote a book called How Emotions Are Made. And it's really interesting because she talks about how emotions are not automatic, but there's something we interpret. We have mental interpretations and we make meaning of sensations. We interpret things around us that create sensations. So she tells this story about how she was on this date And she hadn't really been wanting to go out with this guy. She didn't think she liked him, but she said yes. And then she noticed on the date that she was having all of these butterflies. Like she felt all of these butterflies in her stomach. And she was like, oh my gosh, I totally like this guy. And at the end of the date, he he decided to ask her out again. And she was like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously I, I like him because I'm having these butterflies. And then a few hours later, she threw up and she was sick. And she realized the butterflies were me feeling sick. That little tingly feeling in my stomach was actually me like a few hours pre having a flu and throwing up. But her mind interpreted that as her liking the guy. That that was what that meant, but it had nothing to do with that. It was all just her being sick, but she interpreted it that way. Similarly, one of the things I notice is butterflies is actually very similar to the feeling of anxiety. You know, that feeling you hate so much and you're trying to get rid of? It often is heart racing, shallow breathing, like... Um, a flutter in your stomach, that feeling you're craving to say you're in love with butterflies is also a feeling you actually kind of experience a lot with anxiety. So notice how it's kind of a similar physical sensation. One, you're giving meaning to, I like this guy and we're supposed to be together and we're in love. And the other feeling of anxiety, you're giving meaning to, I shouldn't be with him. Something's wrong with the relationship. We're not really in love very similar sensation, but you're giving totally different meaning to it. The interesting thing with butterflies and kind of that initial stage of love is that there's a lot of hormones and chemicals going on. And it actually is very similar to like being on a drug because you have this high of all the dopamine and serotonin, all these, and oxytocin, all these chemicals in your brain that feel really, really good. And it's kind of like sugar. You eat sugar and you get that immediate hit. It's very pleasurable, but then you crash. It doesn't last a very long time. And that's actually what researchers have found is that that really intense feeling of passion and butterflies only tends to last for a few years in a relationship before eventually it kind of levels out. Now I know some of you might be like, "Ah, but I don't want that to ever go away. I always want that. Like, and I know it seems super fun to feel that way, but 
it actually isn't good for our bodies to be at such a heightened level of excitement all the time. It's actually really unhealthy for our bodies to be in that overly excited state all the time. So it's good that we level out over time. So not to say if you are experiencing all that passion and butterflies right now that that's bad or that's wrong, but I also wanna give you kind of some comfort if that's not your experience because everyone's experience with it is a little bit different. And I know for, for me, I really haven't been one that ever gets a lot of butterflies. But then some other people I've coached, they had butterflies initially, but then once they started talking about commitment, then those butterflies and that fluttery feeling actually shifted more to an anxious fluttery feeling and racing heart. And some people, the butterflies kind of go away and then they sort of come back. But the crazy thing is when we put pressure on ourselves to feel that way and we demand feeling that all the time, it actually makes it a lot harder to feel that way because we're more in that anxious heightened state rather than a romantic heightened state. Now, I think it's a little bit of a logical fallacy that we just automatically assume I feel butterflies, therefore I'm in love. Um, because I've also heard some people on the opposite side, like, oh, I feel butterflies and maybe that's just it. Maybe it's just passion. Maybe there's not really love there. People say this sometimes with sex. I've coached people on how they're afraid they're not really in love because they don't want sex. But then on the other hand, I know there are people who are like, yes, I love my partner. I just don't want sex. Or there's people who are like, I don't love this person at all, but I totally want to have sex with them. So the fact that we just automatically equate wanting sex, feeling passion and butterflies to love is kind of a little bit of a jump. And now again, if your relationship that's where you're at is you are passionate and have butterflies and want sex, great. But notice when you don't have those things, how much you're judging yourself for it. And that judgment of yourself and your relationship is actually shutting down that part of yourself and making it harder to access. So one thing I think is important for us to think about is kind of to question what love really is. To question if love truly is constant butterflies. I think that we use love in our culture for many, many different ways. We use love very casually to just say to some random person when they do something nice for us, like, oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> Sometimes we say it like very seriously in a relationship. Other times it's like something you say to friends or family members. Um, but we use the same word very interchangeably. And one thing I actually love that the Greeks did was they had different types of love. They had different words to describe love. Um, and so the word the Greeks had to describe the love that often we think of with being passionate and feeling butterflies is called eros. And so this is a flame that quickly gets burned out. And that's the type of love that our society and our culture worships is that hot, intense, fast, but also like 
kind of short-term love. And like the Greeks, again, they compare it to a fire. It's that romantic love. But when you think about a fire, we can have like a quick spark, right? Like we can light a match and it burns and then it's gone. Or we can kindle it. We can add wood to it. We can fan it. We can help it grow. And that is how passion is, that it's something that can be developed and it doesn't happen automatically or instantly, but it's something that when nurtured grows over time and also when not nurtured can kind of diminish. But I think that's really important to recognize is a lot of us are afraid that it's either you have it or you don't. But when you look at it as something that you work on and something you grow, then it becomes something we're not afraid of. Something that isn't out of our control or just like unavailable in this relationship, but something we realize like we can create. And I totally have seen this in my own life with, you know, looking back on certain boys that maybe I did get butterflies with and then later looking at it, I was like, ew, gross. Same guy. He looked the same. Our relationship hadn't changed, but I thought differently about him. And that's the same with our partners. Like sometimes we feel the butterflies with them because we're thinking, oh my gosh, he is so cute. I love being with him. That is adorable how he just did that. I can't wait to cuddle with him or have sex with him, whatever it is. We start thinking like that, that's when we start feeling excitement and attraction and butterflies. That's how we start fanning that flame. But it doesn't come from judgment, again, of thinking like, oh, I should feel differently. I should feel like this all the time. Like that squashes desire more than anything else to demand yourself feeling butterflies all the time. Versus like, what if we were okay with feeling butterflies whenever they came up? Like butterflies are kind of a surprise. You don't know when they're gonna happen. And maybe it's okay if they don't happen all the time. Rather than just automatically equating it to love, being willing to question, like I thought love was feeling butterflies all the time, but maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe true love feels different. Maybe there isn't one right way to feel. Maybe instead of passionate and intense, true love feels safe and secure and trusting. Maybe sometimes true love has the feeling of anxiety. It's different than what we imagined, but when we open ourselves up to other possibilities beyond what we just initially narrowly mindedly thought about as love, then we open ourselves up to whatever our experience is because we drop our rule book about all the things love should be and all the love things love shouldn't be. One of the other forms of love that the Greeks talk about is agape, which is pure and perfect love, selfless love. And it's pure, godlike, Christ-like love that is unconditional. 
um, you know, if eros is sugar, that instant kind of immediate satisfaction, then agape is like vegetables. It's really healthy and good and kind of takes more discipline. Now, before you go beating yourself up for like, oh, I don't have that pure selfless love. I need to go break up with my partner. Pause. <laughs> None of us in this life, except for Jesus, are going to have that perfect love. Like, that is just part of being human, is we don't love perfectly. That we are flawed in the way we feel. That we are selfish. Elements of us are selfless and care about other people, but then there's also part of us that is selfish and wants things and being okay with that. But knowing that love in a committed relationship is an opportunity to cultivate and grow our ability to love. That skill to love more selflessly. And we're going to really mess it up and get it wrong a lot of days. But I believe that that's part of what this life is, is to learn how to love unconditionally. To learn how to love others unconditionally. To learn how to love ourselves unconditionally. One of the questions that Cheryl Paul asked that I love is... Is this partner someone I can see myself learning about love with? That someone that we can learn and grow together with. Not just a you have it or you don't have it, but are we willing to learn and grow together? Now, if you want a little more passion, don't be afraid to notice what are the thoughts you think that make you feel excited, that make your heart flutter. But also know like that feeling, we don't actually really want to feel that way all the time. And actually it can kind of be uncomfortable and intense and not good for our bodies to have that feeling all the time. That sometimes it's good to just have that feeling of safety and security. But wherever you're at in your relationship, the main thing I want you to take away from this is to stop shooting on yourself. That I should feel this way or I should feel that way or I shouldn't feel this or I shouldn't feel that. But opening up to where you're at in your relationship and being present for that. And you'll notice as you do that, that you aren't so judgmental of your feelings. And you actually will get to feel more of what you're wanting to feel as soon as you let go of demanding to feel a certain way all the time. All right. Thanks so much, you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.